What is up, brothers and sisters? Welcome to the Mitch Grace Show. So glad you could join us today. Another great guest prepared for you, and we hope you are well during this time. Um, yeah, it's getting close to the holiday season, and so I know everyone's adjusting to holiday plans with all the craziness going on, but most of all, we hope you are well and safe. Uh, our guest today, I'm so excited. Um, we've chatted before a couple of times, and I just have a feeling this episode is going to be filled with awesome gems of wisdom. Melissa Jerevic, welcome to the Mitch Gray Show. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. I didn't butcher it too bad, did I? You did beautiful. That was awesome. Awesome. Anytime someone comes on and has last names like that, I'm like, oh, I got to get it right. I got to practice and get it right. So we had our pre-show <laughs> practice and I think I did it. Yes. Um, Melissa, you are a, uh, a kind of a lady of all trades and passions, an author, um, a mindset strategist. And I want to start there for our first question. What in the world is a mindset strategist? So a mindset strategist, I help people to disrupt their thought patterns. So I teach people about how their minds work so that they can change their beliefs and they can change their habits. And when you change your behavior, you can change your circumstances. So I help people to really create big change in their life um, by starting at the mind, which is where everything starts. Have you noticed um, over the last, gosh, what are we, six or eight months down the road for all of this um, COVID-19 pandemic situation, have you noticed needs or desires of people changing? So when someone comes to you for guidance and coaching, did it look different before than it does now? Um, are people more uh, urgent, maybe might be the word? Are they more open? What, is, what does that shift look like? I think the needs are different. So before people were looking, they were looking for something to make them feel engaged. They were looking for more. They were looking for, um, they were looking to have things that they didn't have. Whereas now I think people are looking for a reason to have faith. Mm -hmm. People are looking for a way to be calm. People are looking for um, hope. They're looking for a reason to keep pushing because things are, are more difficult than they might have been. So I think people are coming to me for the same things, but for different reasons and for different needs. So when you talk about hope, um, I love that word, by the way. It's one of, my, one of my favorite words. I don't think we use it or focus on it enough. When you talk about hope, what does hope how is that related to setting strategy of thought or to disrupting thought? How is that related to maybe behavior um, and thought process? So hope and faith are very kind of intertwined. And it really comes down to most people are living from the outside in. So mm -hmm. they are letting what's going out in the world. They're letting their circumstances dictate. Don't mind me. I, I talk with my hands. Um, they let that dictate how they feel, what they think, how they feel, and how they behave. And essentially, they let what the world hands them dictate where they're going. If you are to have hope and faith, you have to start living from the inside out. Mm -hmm. That means you have to start deciding how you want things to be for you. 
And then you have to start creating an environment that is going to allow for that to take place. And that's something that anybody can do at any time. And it's not ignoring what's going out in the world, but it's not letting it dictate where you're going. And in order for you to have hope and faith, you have to create that shift. Yeah, and it's interesting. I've had a few conversations um, over the last couple of months. You, 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 so our listeners know you're in Canada, the Toronto area. Is that yep. correct? Yeah, Toronto. I'm about four hours north of Canada, actually. Uh, Toronto, Toronto, actually. I'm in northern Ontario. I ah, got you, northern Ontario. Okay. Um, it, it's been interesting, at least here in the in the United States, the conversations that I've been having the last couple of months have have actually related really well with what you just said about living from the inside out and having that hope. Really what you're saying is regardless of what's happening around you, there's still the possibility to have that hope and that peace. It may be a struggle, but when that comes from within, it actually changes our perspective. And a lot of the conversation I've had with friends in the U.S. is people are so worried about their freedoms being taken away. And my rebuttal to that always is, then you're focused on the wrong kind of freedom. Freedom is a state of being and a state of presence, not a state of circumstance. Now, that circumstance may be good, bad, or indifferent. But if your freedom, I, I told a lady one time, <laughs> if your freedom is founded on wearing a piece of cloth around your mouth when you go to the grocery store, then are you really free? Do you really have freedom? And that actually relates to what you're saying is that hope within, that faith within, that peace within uh, is, is a, such a radical shift in perspective and how we view what's happening outside of us. Absolutely. Um, my mentor Bob once said that, and, and he was quoting somebody else on this, but he had said that a lot of people are in a cage and don't even know that they're in one. Mm. And it is a self-imposed cage. Yes. And you cannot escape a cage if you don't know that you're in it. And so you can't be free until you are free in your mind. Yes. Until you've removed the limitations that have been imposed on you since you were born by a society that is just conditioned to limit people. And if you think that any of the outside stuff is what is limiting you, you're missing the understanding of who you are and what you're capable of. And nobody can take that away from you. I love that cage idea. And, and that leads to a question. What I've, what I've kind of experienced in life is, whether it's with myself or with others, when you don't know you're in a cage and someone tries to point out that you're in a cage, human nature kind of is you don't tend to listen, right? Like like you kind of get defensive and you kind of start going, you know, I'm not in a cage. I don't have limiting beliefs. Nothing's, nothing's wrong with how I think. And it doesn't matter how kindly or, or um, aggressive someone points it out. You just respond kind of in the same way. So the question is, at what point does someone kind of have this revelation and go, ooh, maybe I do have some limiting beliefs or maybe I do um, have some limiting self-talk or limiting um, thoughts that, that are within. At what point does someone kind of realize all of that and ask for help from someone like you? 
I think it, it that's really the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. Mm. So a fixed mindset cannot take in new ideas and a growth mindset can. But I think um, at the end of the day, it really comes down to understanding that we have paradigms, which is mental programming that has been given to us since we were children. We all have beliefs and the beliefs are not who we are. So the, the key to really being able to thrive is to develop understanding, understanding of self. So who am I? You're anything that can be changed is not who you are. Mm-hmm. And a belief can be changed. So who am I as an individual? And what is it that I believe? And what are the habits that are not serving me? So if I believe that I am not a pretty person, that is a harmful belief. Mm-hmm. But a person who is shy and self and, and doesn't have strong self-worth can become confident. That's not a part of their identity. That's not who you are. That's something that can be changed. I'm a very prime example of that. So I think it really comes down to understanding the self. Who am I as an individual? I love that statement. Anything that can be changed is not who you are. That I, I've never heard it phrased quite that way. So you, you should go immediately after the show and copyright that and and, and <laughs> own it because that is a great that is a great statement. And again, I've never heard it shaped quite that way, but it's very powerful. Anything you can change is not who you are. I, I definitely relate to that personally. Um from the standpoint of growing up with certain beliefs and then and then as you grow older trying to peel those away. Someone once described it of it's like it's like peeling away an onion and it's just layer after layer after layer and trying to figure out and and let go of a lot of those limiting beliefs that that oftentimes you're brought up with and you don't realize it. Right. Like as a child, you're just given these beliefs and sometimes parents did that on purpose and and sometimes I think they did it in innocence and, and ignorance. But you're given these beliefs and it's not until you start getting into the world and learning new things and grasping new things that you kind of start questioning a lot of that. And some people return back to the good ones. Um, Some people return back to the limiting beliefs, but then some of us kind of work through that. And that's why I think that statement is so powerful. Anything that you can change is not who you are. The flip side of that is discovering and realizing what's in your DNA what your personality is, what that looks like. So when you're talking to someone that that is going through this transition and this real inward revolution, what are some things that that you can do with people that help them go, okay, I'm going to focus on what's in my DNA and not so much on the things that are kind of out of my control a little bit? Um, What what does that look like? So it's really... To start off with, it's really trying to understand how the mind works in terms of taking in new information and what's been programmed. So understanding the mind from a conscious and subconscious perspective. So in the conscious mind, that is the mind where you can hear your own voice. That's where your thoughts are coming in. That's where the ideas are coming from, either mostly from outside sources, but you can also create ideas for yourself. And then understanding the subconscious mind, which is where all your memories are stored, everything you've ever learned is stored. It's very deductive. And 
the subconscious mind is what controls your habits. It's where your beliefs are. That's what's dictating your behavior, which is what's creating your circumstances. An important thing to note between the two things is that the conscious mind is where you have control and the subconscious mind is happening in the background, kind of like a computer. So you have to be tackling things at the thought level if you want to change the programming Mm -hmm. that has been put in the subconscious mind all of your life. And that means you have to be consciously thinking about other things. So, for example, um, if you've got a long line of um, generational ideas that you have to, I don't know, you have to work in a certain industry, Mm. right? We are all doctors, so you have to be a doctor, right? That's been passed on to you from generation to generation. Even if you try to go into a different career, you're going to have a really hard time because that subconscious mind has been programmed with that idea that that's what you need to do. There's going to be guilt. There's going to be, it, it might look like different things for different people, right, but right. that programming is there and it's with you, but it can be changed. Yeah, it's, um, you see a lot of people that religion plays a role in, in that, that cultural expectation. Um, I, I, I know in experiencing and living with different cultural um, whether it's indigenous people or Hispanic population or whatever, mm-hmm. that different cultures have these different kind of subsets of beliefs. For instance, I had friends in high school that if they left and went to college, it was like they were shunning their family because the cultural belief system in that that kind of environment was you don't leave your family, you don't leave home. It doesn't matter if it's for the betterment of yourself. You You stay because that's what we do. And those subconscious um, thought patterns and expectations that we don't even know are guiding us sometimes, right? Like they're just there. They, they can become incredible and take years to let go of and to work through. Um, and, and that's kind of really when you stop and think about it, that's like you can know something isn't healthy, but letting go of what's unhealthy is a totally different concept. Absolutely. And it's because you can know in the conscious mind on a logical level, you know, like we all know we have to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. That like that's been shunned into our conscious mind, shoved right. in there a million times. Right. But you have to change that at a subconscious level for that actually to have change. And you can do that in as little as six months with the right knowledge. That's something I assist clients to do. But you're never going to tell yourself enough in the conscious mind that it needs to change. It's got to reach you on an emotional level. Mm. You can't just understand it logically. You have to understand it on an emotional level. There's two different levels of understanding. Mm. And I think it's really, I think it's really silly that, and this has come to me now after a lot of study, but I think it's really silly that we reach adulthood and we just automatically accept all the stuff that we've been taught that has come from other people Mm -hmm. and we just accept that as being reality and we don't even stop to consider that there might be alternate realities and and different solutions and different ways of being and maybe our ancestors did it like this for years and years and years 
and that worked for them then and it doesn't work now and maybe it never worked for them and we need to start doing things differently it's not disrespectful it's let's make things as good as possible for us you know Right. I, I, I think one of the greatest honors, because I've gone through this transition we're talking about, especially when it comes to religious matters from generations of my familial culture to now. But I, I, I think we underrate um, simultaneously. We overrate honor and we underrate honor. So really the greatest honor that we can give our ancestors or any generational belief systems is to actually dig deeper into it and ask why, like, why did they believe this? What what were the things that they went through in believing this? Was it a situational type of thing? Was it that they just didn't know any better? There's so many questions that go unanswered, yet you're right, we just buy into it and we lose that innocence of childhood, that beginner's mind that leads us to curiosity and that leads us to digging into those ideas that um, something could be done different. There is a different way to believe. There is a different way to function. Uh, but I think you're right. I think we just get to this point in time that it's like, no, we're good. We're just going to stay right here. And we can go to bed miserable every single night. And and it's it's not a change. And so then the question becomes, why? Like, like what's the reasoning behind what I like to call the settling? We just settle. And we don't want to go mm-hmm. forward anymore. Um yeah, so it's just interesting to think about what is the why behind that? What have you seen in people when they go, well, here's why I'm hanging on to this? I mean, I think people get this idea that change is hard. Mm. But staying where you are, where you don't want to be, is hard. Like like life is hard. Mm-hmm. There's no easy. So where your power is, is that you get to choose your hard. Either your hard moves you forward to a better place or your hard is staying where you are. Like we have this tendency to focus on the problem. When you listen to a lot of the news or radio or whatever, you're talking about the problem and the problem and the cause of the problem, what people are experiencing and the hardships and the hardships and the hardships. If we shifted that conversation to solutions, Mm. which we have the mind to do, If we shifted that conversation to overcoming, if we shifted that conversation to ideas and stopped focusing on the problem and focusing on how we move forward, we could be in such a better place. But if you're constantly looking at a problem, that's exactly where you're going to stay. Yeah, it's kind of that old adage of you you get what you want, you get what you think, and and you get Mm -hmm. what you see. And if you choose... Um, to think negatively, if you choose to see the negative, if you choose to see the problem all the time, that is what you're going to get. And it's the only thing you will see. Um, it, it's kind of like I, I love the whole 50,000 foot um, kind of vantage viewpoint is I can sit in front of this massive tree and go, wow, there's one massive tree. Or I can pull back and go, there's not only massive trees, there's an ocean and there's a mountain and there's really cool places to explore. But it takes that idea of pulling back and trying to open your mind up to what else exists. Absolutely. Um, One little mantra that I like to ask myself when I do get stuck in a rut or a challenge or a problem is I like to just say, what can I do? Mm -hmm. 
Like you don't have to have the whole solution in front of you. You don't have to have the whole how of how you're going to solve a problem. What can I do right now to take steps to move forward? And, you know, that's how you move forward when something terrible happens. Last year, I was trying to get back into the workforce before the pandemic happened. I put out like 50 resumes. I couldn't even get an interview at a pizza place. And at the end of the day, I was so frustrated. But I said, you know, what can I do? Mm -hmm. I can work on personal development. I can grow myself. I can learn more about myself. And maybe that will open up a new door. And it did. So, you know, the world is going to throw things at you always. It's always Mm going to throw things at you. It's not about what happens to you. It's about how you respond. Yeah. By the way, one of my favorite sayings, mantras, whatever, is what you just said. It's not about what happens to you. It's how you respond because there's so much magic Mm -hmm. and power in that. Um, It's the idea that... um, when you start moving forward, a world of opportunities opens up. When you stand still, no opportunities open up. And so I think it's that motion forward that kind of engages the mind, engages the spirit, engages your emotions, and it really raises your level of existence and awareness because those opportunities were always there, right? Like what one guy said, all the money in the world is flying in the air around you. It's a matter of if you're going to reach up and grab it. And that's a great illustration of every opportunity that we want is there. It's a matter of moving toward it. And it won't open up until you move toward it. Absolutely. I mean, all the knowledge that ever was and ever will be is already here. It exists. And it exists. it's already here. Like, yep. like back in the day, they had everything they needed to fly an airplane. They mm-hmm. just didn't have the awareness to put it together. Right. It's all already here. And we don't understand the mind. We don't study it. We don't teach it to our children. Mm-hmm. And so we miss out on a very important part of our functioning. And if we don't understand ourselves... Like, how do you expect to move forward if you like, you know what I mean? It's it's a very difficult and challenging road. I I think the reason we don't like understanding ourselves is because we don't enjoy facing the shadow. Right. We don't we don't enjoy this idea. It's, It's it's so much easier in life to just ignore it and not deal with it. So we think we think we just think it's easier to just ignore that. But really that power comes in dealing with the shadow self and the reflection and going because that takes self-compassion you, you it's yeah. almost it's like this it's like this uh high wire that you're walking but you know it could go good or bad depending on what you choose but if you really can sit with that and and be compassionate towards yourself and be accepting of yourself that's when we can, are able to start dealing with a lot of the issues that we're that we're talking about Absolutely. And I think we've reached a point where younger generations are so disconnected from themselves. Mm -hmm. They now have freedoms that older generations didn't have. Things are not, things don't require as much work because everything is instantaneous. And Mm -hmm. so they now have all this time and they don't know how to connect with themselves. They've never been taught because nobody was able to teach them. And I think that's why we are seeing so many people struggling because you can only avoid yourself for so long. Right. I mean, this is the person right. you live with. 
And so at some point you have to, at some point you have to face that terror barrier. There's the terror barrier and you have to say, either I'm going to go back into bondage and I'm going to stay trapped and suffer, or I'm going to push through that terror barrier and I'm going to go to freedom. Well, and it and it's not easy work, right? It's um, no, it's it's not easy work to kind of dance with yourself and sit with yourself and listen to yourself and learn how to talk to yourself. And I think the yeah. reason it's not easy work is because oftentimes, from so many different cultures, we're told that's selfish. You know, yeah. at a young age, we're told that you know it, it's selfish to invest in yourself. It's selfish to work on yourself. You need to constantly be giving to others. The problem with constantly giving to others when you're not feeling self or don't even understand yourself is you eventually run out. Like you just, yeah. you run out. And um, that that's a terrible injustice to the life that we get to live. Absolutely. And, you know, a person whose needs are unmet mm-hmm. doesn't have the capacity to think about other people. Like mm-hmm. they, they just don't. Like if your mind is flooded with the bills and the lack of money and the loneliness from the lack of connection and all of that stuff, you're so focused on what's what you need. Mm. And that's not coming from a place of selfishness. It's coming from a place of, of basic requirement. Yeah, of humanity, right? Like right. Who you are. Yeah. Yeah. If you're so stuck in a, in a place of lack, you cannot be thinking about other people Mm. like I don't know how many times in the past couple years like as I was developing this awareness that I would meet up with friends and they were so in their own head about their stuff like I would be talking and they would interrupt me they they weren't even hearing what I was saying there uh, there's no eye contact there's no engagement we are together for a play date but we are not connecting right Right. And that's because there's just no capacity for anybody else if your needs are not met. And so not only do we have to do our take care of our needs first, and that's a big part of of a lot of the programs I have is just that self-care piece. But we're teaching the next generation not to care for themselves and that they are not a priority and that they are not worthy. Right. Right. And that is scary. Well, and before the show, you and I, you and I were riffing on uh, social media. We won't go into that too much, but I think <laughs> I, th- I think the other side of what you just stated is not only are we not teaching them the 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 minute amount that we are teaching is so shallow, and it's yeah. so based on likes and comments and followers that that is a disastrous plan waiting to happen. And and science is already showing us. You know, science is showing us that. The human brain is actually evolving because of social media, because of technology. Um, the chemicals in the brain are shifting and changing in younger people because, you know, they're they're getting what most hard drug users got 30 years ago from affirmation on social media that is igniting those parts of the brain and they're becoming addicts. I mean, it's like science is literally spelling that out for us. And so if there was ever a time that this personal work and this uh, mindset strategy idea was needed, I, I would say there may there may not have ever been a more important time to teach ourselves and the younger generation that 
Um, it's, it's not all about what you think it is because I promise, and I tell people this all the time and they think I'm crazy. Technology is going to go away at some point in time. Like nothing stays forever. <laughs> and so yeah. really then you, then you talk about what happens when it's gone. If your whole foundation of society is built on that one thing and then it's wiped out, that is an interesting concept to, to kind of consider. Absolutely. I mean, technology is a tool just like money. Yes. We think that like money and technology are the end end points, but they're really, they're not. They are tools. And so what we're missing is we are missing the basic foundations of our, like as a person. Mm -hmm. And then we're using these tools to give us what we can't give ourselves. And it's like you said, at some point, that's not going to work, right? The person who is chasing wealth because they want to live in prosperity because they can, because they are creators, creators in this world, um, has an understanding that a person who is chasing wealth to fill a hole mm. that is not meant to be filled by that wealth is not going to have, and the quality of life is just not going to be the same. And that's just one example we can't fill what we can't give to ourselves outside things that we have to be giving to ourselves on the inside. It doesn't yes. work. No, no, it doesn't at all. So Melissa, let's, uh, let's move on to other fun stuff in your life, like a new book, let's do it. like a new yes. book. Yes. Um, the wellness universe guide to complete self-care 25 tools for stress relief so tell us tell the listeners about your new book it just released last week is that correct it did so let me tell you about this book experience so as i've been studying this year i have been learning the art of manifestation mm. and and all of that fun jazz and as of this summer things really started to get momentum and in august at the beginning of august i sat down and i said i want to have a book come out this year and it's going to be a major success like that's what i want that's what i'm going to manifest and and, and manifestation comes in two parts, right? You put it out there, but then you have to take action. And this, the week after I put that out there, do I not get an opportunity to apply for this collaborative book project, wow. which is going to be launching in November? And this is this August. And I get accepted into it. And we just launched it this week. And it reached number one international bestseller. Uh, in Australia, I think, and it was a bestseller in Canada and the UK and the US in numerous categories. So um, it has been an absolute magical ride with an incredible group of people. And what we decided to do is we decided to tackle 25 different ways to relieve stress. Mm. Every author is in a different industry. So I'm coming at it from a mindset perspective. There are people in there in sports medicine. There are doctors talking about nutrition. There's people talking about tapping. And there's just so many different tools in there that everybody can take from it what most aligns with them. And it was just such a beautiful, powerful uh, project that I think is just so valuable this year. I mean, you just can't put a price on it. That's amazing. Congratulations. That is Thank amazing. You. Yeah. It has to be exhilarating when things like that happen, right? I mean, absolutely. And I don't, I've just reached a point now where I don't commit to anything that doesn't get me pumped up. 
Like I, you know, I, I, if I'm going to do something like podcasts like this, they get me pumped it. up. That's I why I'm it. here. Right. I like I, it. you can see my energy. I'm hyper. Um, <laughs> so this book project was just really amazing in that it tackled issues that people were dealing with right now. Mm, And so I just jumped in completely. And it was a perfect example of how quickly we can do something amazing when we Mm. get a group of people put together. So Mm. we got 25 people, boom, write your chapter. You've got like three weeks to write a fantastic chapter. And then we are all marketing it together. We are working on this as a team and everybody came together and it just it's just a beautiful, beautiful product that we are all so proud of. Ah, that's amazing. Where can people find the book? So you can find it on Amazon.com. It's okay. called The Wellness Universe Guide to Complete Self-Care, 25 Tools for Stress Relief. Uh, if you're in Canada, uh, you can also find it on the Canadian Amazon or um, I also have author copies. If you're uh, checking out my stuff, I'm going to be selling them myself as well. It might, I think there's also a UK Amazon and an Australia Amazon okay. that has it as well. Okay, so wherever the listeners are, just look up, look look on Amazon yeah. and uh, Google the or search the book. Um, and we'll actually put a link to at least the US Amazon um, version and your website as well so people can contact you there. That is awesome. I wanna go back um, because this actually relates to the to the book in a way. I want to go back to what we were talking about earlier. So if we have a listener who uh, they, they, they've, they've made it this far into the conversation and in the interview and they're hearing what you're saying and they're kind of going, yeah, I get it. Like, you know, it sounds good. I'd love to do that because we are coming up on the end of the year into the beginning of the year, which a lot of people choose to make New Year's resolutions. So let's just say we have a listener who's like, I'm working on my New Year's resolution I want to make some changes next year. And they hear you talk about subconscious and conscious and mindset strategy and a new book about wellness, like about self-care. Let's let's break this down as best as possible. I love giving our guests tangible um, steps they can take. So let's just say we have that that person that we've just created who's listening. Give us three things um, that someone who's hearing what you're saying they're, they're kind of ready to take action. They're entertaining the idea. Give us three things that they could start implementing now that would uh, kind of get them on their way. You know, we've, we've all got to start somewhere. And maybe, maybe this listener is just ready to take that first step. Give us three things. Sure. The first thing would be one thing that you can incorporate into your daily routine that brings you a sense of calm. So mm-hmm. it can be um whatever aligns with you meditation breath work tapping um affirmations auto suggestions script work just to to riddle off a whole bunch for you um music that encourages positive emotions yes. that makes you feel connected um it could be aromatherapy scents i've got this aura spray fantastic mm-hmm. anything that makes you feel calm not an escape it's got to make you feel calm and connected. That's step one. Hold one on. thing I wanna, that you I can put pause you there daily because routine. You just yeah. you glossed over something that I think is powerful. You said not an escape. So mm. and because I because I think I think a lot of people do things as an escape, not realizing yeah. that that's the motivation. So before we move to number two, differentiate the yep. two between something that's calming and something that's an escape. 
So something that is calming is something that allows you to, one, feel positive emotion, and two, it's going to keep your attention. Mm. So it, say you're doing a guided meditation, you're thinking about the words the person is saying, right? If you are listening to a show on Netflix, you are one being influenced emotionally by that show so if you're like getting upset about what's happening on the show that's not self-care that's not making you feel better right even if you like the show it's making you it's causing negative emotions to come up that's an escape um and number two you really want it to create physical relaxation in you Ah. right so if um if you're having a glass of wine and you're thinking of it as self-care, but you wake up in the morning and your body feels like lead, that wasn't self-care. That doesn't mean you shouldn't drink, but what it means is a self-care activity makes you feel good. An escape gets you kind of distracted until you have to go back into real life. Yeah, an escape brings a price to pay, right? Yeah. There's always a price to pay. So I, I, I love that. I just wanted people to know because oftentimes we kind of go, oh, yeah, I'm going to get to the end of the day and I'm just going to watch some TV and do whatever. But but that's not the calming that you're talking about. So thank you for making no. that, that distinction because it's important. And not that you can't have those relaxing nights where maybe it is, no. you know, drinking a glass of wine and Netflix. But I love, okay, so number one was do something each day that calms you. I love that. Let's go to number two. Yeah. Number two is filter the type of content that you are taking in. Mm. And when I'm talking about content, I'm talking about all forms of what's coming into your mind. So I'm talking about the radio. I'm talking about the TV. I'm talking about social media, what, who you're following, what you're reading. I'm talking about what you're reading. If you're reading the newspaper, if you're reading a book, I'm talking about the conversations that you are having. What topics are you talking about? Mm. Where are you putting your energy? Filtering in. So have a filter on there. If it doesn't make you feel good, don't stay there. Like if somebody comes up to you and they're talking about the pandemic and how crappy it is, that's going to make you feel like shit. So it's sorry about my language, but I'm very authentic in my speech. Um, (laughs) So you know, don't stay there. You can say something like, yeah, that's, that is really crappy. Hey, I heard that, you know, you are, did a really awesome job at blah, blah, blah at work. Like, tell me more about that. Engage in things that make you feel good. Protect your energy. Cause every single time you take in something negative, you give your energy away. Mm-hmm. You're burning yourself out. Mm-hmm. So watch TV shows. Like you, you want to watch TV, watch TV, man, but watch things that make you laugh and make you feel good. Yeah. Right. If you want to listen to music, listen to stuff that makes you feel good, makes you pumped up. If you're going to go on social media, social media is a great tool for inspiration and motivation if you're following the right people. Right. right? It's so it's not if you're not following the right people. <laughs> it's not if you're following the wrong people. It's a terrible experience. Yes. Um, yes. But if you're following the right people, it can be extremely motivating. Yes. So filter in what you're taking in mm. and monitor your energy. Mm. And number three. Number three is study of self. I think that is absolutely essential. It is your responsibility and self-care. It's as important as brushing your teeth. So that could be through a lot of different mediums and it could be done in bite-sized pieces. Like don't, you know, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. doesn't have to be like a three hour thing, but um, it can be books. So um, 
Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz for self-image work. Powerful stuff. Um, but like it can be a book. It can be a podcast. It can be, you know, they're creators. We are putting out free stuff all the time. I'm constantly yes. doing free classes. I did yes. one today, right? If Same. you're like Same. not financially ready to invest in a mentor, which I strongly advise you do, um, if you're not there yet, all these people are giving out free stuff. Start there. Right. right. But look up like personal development and uh, study of self 100%. Um, you could also go by the Wellness Universe Guide to Complete Self-Care, which would be a great investment to make right now. So I'll give you the plug if you're not going to. <laughs> <laughs> but you're exactly yeah. right. The, the world is full of free content. It's, you know, it's amazing. I'm, as a writer, uh, just to show people an example, I do I do three to five articles a week that for the most part are available either in free publications or on social media or on our blog. I'm sure you put out a ton of stuff. I'm in a, I'm taking a class right now with like 50 other people. Guess what they're doing? Writing articles every week that are for the most part free. Um, it's just a matter of, of looking like we talked about earlier. If, if you're going to sit stagnant, you're going to continue to get the same frustrating results that you've been getting. If you want to grow, there's so much available and in existence. Um, in the world. So I, I love that you mentioned that because it exists. It exists. Absolutely. And don't wait for 2021. Don't wait to write no. those, those no. affirmation, not affirmations, those intentions, those yeah. New Year's resolutions. Do it now. Yeah. I, I mentioned that because I know a lot of people and, and, and brothers and sisters, if you are in that place of thinking, great, do it to your fullest. What we want to offer you is no limitation of time, and a calendar mm -hmm. doesn't dictate when you can or can't start. The best time to start yeah. is now. And so, um, brothers and sisters, go to Melissa's website, melissajirovic.com. And it's a great website, by the way. The colors get me excited. I do want to tell you that. They, as soon as I hit the home page, I'm like, ooh, these colors are awesome. But I want to talk about something that's on your website because I find it very intriguing. Um, on the about page, you talk about your why. And I love how you have it broken down into three columns, the past, the present, and the future. So I have a few questions. Number one, what made you design it that way? Number two, tell us a little bit about the past, present, and future for Melissa. What does that look like? Sure. So I think the only way to connect with someone is to truly understand what has led them to, to get to where they are today. I think that is a very important piece in, in connecting with someone. So I can tell you I'm a mindset strategist and you can go, oh, that's really neat. But when you hear the story of how I, how I got to this place, that is what's going to create connection. And so I find it very important to, that, you know, although your past doesn't define you, it was a big stepping stone mm -hmm. into helping you create who you are. Yes. So I decided to kind of separate the page into three different parts. So for me, who I was six years ago is so drastically different. <laughs> like I couldn't have even come on this show with you. We could not be having this conversation. One, because I wouldn't have had the knowledge, but two, because I wouldn't have had the bravery. Ah. Like I, I couldn't engage in conversation with people. I was so self-conscious that I couldn't even come up with things to say in conversation. Wow. Like that just 
poor self worth yes. and like, you know, all my life, that was just the way it was. Yes. So I came from that and doing things that were expected of me. I went uh, into nursing, which was a poor choice. Like if you would have looked at my grades, I was strong <laughs> in English, not math and science. You know right. what I mean? It didn't make right. any sense. But I prescribed to this, I need to get a career that's going to make me a good income. That kind of plays to some of my strengths. I want to connect with people. So let's just do that. And um, I found myself in a place where my mental health was taking a very quick nosedive. And I did, had no understanding of it. And I and nobody even knew about it. It wasn't something I could even communicate. Right, right. And then uh, the universe came in. And uh, one day I became a caregiver. My husband fiance at the time developed a traumatic brain injury mm. and um i was the nurse on on shift that that took that received him when he came in and uh all of a sudden my entire life was different mm. and there's there's two different ways to shift beliefs in the subconscious mind one of them is through repetition which is right. what i help my clients through which is what i hope to god i can help you through right. because the second way is through yes. A drastic tragedy. impact, tragedy, tragedy yep. terrible thing. Um, and that's kind of where things started for me. Mm-hmm. And the shift from there has been so dramatic. And I've really, like, I've been on this journey that I feel is important to share with people because, number one, I'm not special. And anybody can really grow and, and evolve and change the way I have for the better. And two, because I think a lot of people are where I was, where, you know, struggling and things are going downhill and you just, you don't even feel like you can communicate it and you just don't even know what to do with it because there's so much lack of understanding behind it. And I want to help people get out of that. It's astounding to me how many people are just waiting to die. Yeah. yeah. They're just survive till you die. Yeah, They're just waiting to die. And I think that's because people don't know that there's a second option, a thriving option, yeah. the opposite of surviving. There's an opposite. There's an uh, opposite. Yes, <laughs> there, there is. I like to call that the power of permission. The, the greatest oh. thing you can give yourself is permission. And the greatest thing we can give each other is permission. And that permission is to, you know, there, there is something written. I want to come back to it. There's something written inside of everyone's DNA. And I believe they know what it is. It's just having the permission and the courage to step into it. Um, and, and, and it's, it's an element of all the things we've spent 46 minutes now talking, talking about, but what you just shared in the last couple of minutes is that it is an option and, um, it's, it's a great option. It takes courage and it takes hard work, but it's so much better than just waiting to die so much better. Absolutely. Waiting to see what life hands you, yeah. hoping it's going to be good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's the wrong kind of hope, really the, by the way. <laughs> right. And that's, you know, that's what it is. Like, yeah. I mean, when you start to see yourself as a co-creator instead of a puppet. Yes. And um, you realize yes. that you can actually make things happen for yourself. You don't have to just wait for a handout. Um. I think that's when a real mental shift, a real powerful shift happens. Um, I want to I want to come back to something you just said, because I, I do think it's valuable. And you've touched you've you've said a few 
used a few key words that I want to redefine a little bit. So in the first few minutes of the show, you use two words, faith and hope, which we know are valuable, but sometimes words take redefining and, and, and seeing mm-hmm. them from, from a different perspective. And it relates to what you just said. Um, when you start to see yourself as a co-creator rather than a puppet, there are things that are given to us, not by choice. Um, we mentioned religion, um, cultural beliefs. Um, um, we could go down the line, dietary beliefs. I mean, you know, you, you study study young kids that are already having di- you know, problems with their body because of their diet. They don't have a choice on what they eat. When you're 10 years old, you eat what you're given. So it's the same with religion. It's the same with all these cultural beliefs. And that's kind of the message we're given, right? Is that we're a puppet and we're just at the obedience of either a higher power or a belief system or a whatever. And it takes a lot of concentrated, intentional effort to pull the scissors out and to start cutting the strings that we think are controlling us because we know they don't actually exist. But it's the difference again in saying, okay, I have to take action on cutting those strings rather than just happenstance because it doesn't work if we just leave it to to chance. It just doesn't work. So there's power in that statement, right? That we are co-creators and not puppets. Um, That's very intriguing, very intriguing. And and when you say cutting the strings like that, that is such a powerful visual. Yeah. And And that's what it is. And it's also like you have to be brave enough to Mm. do something different than what everybody else is doing especially when it's family you've talked about generational that that, and i think that's where people the the massive barrier exists for so many Mm -hmm. is especially when it's family you're talking about doing something different but this is what my family does this is what we do this is who we are how does someone navigate that? That that's you know when when we sit and talk about it, it, it just you can feel the weight of those decisions. Yeah, I mean this journey is a lonely one. Like it, it is because mm-hmm. most people are not doing the work. They are not aware. They are not working right. on themselves. Their needs are not met. Um, and you start talking about a lot of this stuff. Like I, I can I can very freely admit that. Um, the friends that I had a year ago, I don't have anymore because we don't have common ground. I'm not willing to complain about circumstances because I'm going out and changing them. And I'm talking about things that they don't understand. Yes, It's a very lonely road. My parents don't understand what I do. Mm. They, they don't like like most people don't understand what I do. There's people who are like, it's really nice that you share motivational quotes on the Internet and try right. to uplift people. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm running an empire from my house here while watching my toddler while caring for my husband while training for an Ironman because I'm setting my own goals like mm-hmm. but it's 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 a lonely road. And so you have to surround yourself with people who are doing that work yes that's why having a mentor is crucial because they're not someone who's telling you what to do they're an ally in this work you need to have like mastermind groups are the most fantastic thing there are because it is people who get moving forward 
and who are a support system for you. So if you have to find that online, go find that online. Right. But you have to start getting close to people who know this work, who are doing this work and and reaching out to them. Like that's what I started doing. I started going on online, finding people in my business. You know, I'm at level two, they're at level 10 and just engaging with their content and mm. chatting with them and, you know, surrounding myself with people who know the value of this work, who are doing it and who are reaping the benefits so that when I'm having a lonely day, mm. I can go on and I can I can see what I'm working towards because they've reached it and that's where I'm going. And it truly is flipping the, the mindset of self-expectation. So, so many people come from a background that says you don't show weakness, you mm-hmm. don't admit when you're struggling, you don't tell people about the thoughts that are in your mind. Like, like so many people yeah. come from those type of backgrounds. And, and it's almost like human nature in and of itself is kind of self, has a self-defeating side to it naturally. Yeah. It also has a hopeful side to it naturally. But it's, so, it's like anything else. It's a whole lot easier for me to eat pizza every day than to than to make something healthy and make those decisions it's just it's it's the easier path it just is and so we kind of tend to take that easier path and when you're when you're when you come from a background that tells you you don't show weakness those thoughts in your head aren't real you can pray it away you can get through it you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps it we come to a place in time that we go I know I need someone else, just like you're talking about. I know I need a group. I know I need someone I can talk to. We have to get past that self-talk and that self-belief that's carried a lot of burden with it before we can have that opportunity. And that's why that power of permission is so valuable. It's incredible when you can engage with someone and just go, it's okay. It's okay. We're going to get through it. You're going to get through it. And the more you can hear that, the more you can start flipping that conversation happening inside. Yeah, you got to own your story. Mm. That has been the most healing thing for me is owning my story. Mm. I shared the most difficult parts of me. I I have no problem saying I had shitty self-esteem. I was lonely. I was in a bad place. And I still struggle with that today. But I'm doing things on my terms and I know where I'm going. And I know that the struggle now is taking me somewhere that I want to go. I'm free. Whereas before, I had no control over it. Mm. But you have to be able to be vulnerable. You have to be able to put yourself out there. and And you have to be able to share things. Because that's how we connect as human beings, right? Right. We don't connect when we're talking about the weather. We don't connect when we're taught, right? Like, like, yes, it's just you get people who are supposed to be friends and who are supposed to be family talking about things that don't matter. That's not connection. Right. Yeah. And you have to be comfortable enough to share things about yourself that are vulnerable and then have the other person do that as well. And that's how you connect. Yeah. Hey, we're human. You know, that's why this podcast was started to tell the human story. And um, and that's why I knew you were going to be an amazing guest because, because 
I, I love having people on that just value the story. Everyone has arrived at where they are for a reason. And the more we can connect on those stories and the more we can um, share those stories, the more power it gives to um, the change that can happen. And, and so, yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, Melissa, let's do this. We're, uh, we've had great conversation and we're hitting, uh, the time limit that I kind of like to hit or people tend to turn us off. So <laughs> they, they, I have people tell me all the time, I had to listen to that one in two parts. It was so long. I'm like, Hey, conversation goes where it goes. So, um, we have a game we like to play on the Mitch Grace show. And it's, uh, it's five questions, and you can only give one-word answers. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Um, regarding books, do you prefer digital or paper? Paper. Coffee or tea? Tea. What's one guilty pleasure that you have in life? Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> <laughs> I, want I love that, that answer. Really I love that answer. Um, what's one thing that you cannot live without? Oh, Jesus. One thing I can't live without. Exercise. Okay. And your favorite season of the year? Summer. Summer? Nice. Nice. Uh, Melissa, this has been awesome. Uh, there's so much wisdom in this episode that I am excited for uh, people to take the time to kind of sit with it and uh, be with it and exist with it. Uh, let's leave the people with one piece of inspiration or advice that you would like them to uh, take with them. Inspiration or advice? There are so many exciting things waiting for you. Mm. There is a beautiful community waiting for you. There are so many possibilities. And um, the greatest gift you can give yourself is to start paving the way towards those things and growing yourself. And uh, I, I'm sending you my light and my love. And I hope that you have the bravery to jump onto that path. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Uh, brothers and sisters, visit Melissa's website, melissajerovic.com. It'll be in the show notes as well. Uh, make sure you go order the Wellness Universe Guide to Complete Self-Care, 25 Tools for Stress Relief, available on Amazon. We'll also put that in the show notes as well. And uh, Melissa, how can they connect with you on social media? So on Instagram, it's at MJ underscore Mindset. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I post a lot of content there. And for Facebook, if you're on my Instagram, it's all in my link tree. Love it. So check out Melissa on Instagram, and we'll put that in the show notes too. And you can find her on Facebook there as well. I love Linktree, by the way, as a side note. That's such a magical tool. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Melissa, thank you so much. Brothers and sisters, I am with uh, Melissa when she says we're sending you our love and light. We hope things are well. Um, it is kind of the middle of the holiday season. Make sure you don't stress too much. Just let things be as they are. Um, focus on the things you can control and let the things you cannot control just exist because you can't control them. So you get to choose your mindset every day and we hope you can choose a mindset that is positive and joyful and determined. I like that word that you're going to determine to get through things. 
Thanks for listening to The Mitch Gray Show. Subscribe to us on social media at mgraymedia. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. Just search Mitch Gray, G-R-A-Y. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mitch Gray Media as well. And make sure you share our show with someone else that you think would love to be inspired and hear the human story. Um, We would greatly appreciate that. We hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you next week.